You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here in DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Friday, January 19th, just a couple of days away from massive AFC divisional round matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. I'm joined, as always, by the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sweeney, uh, got uh, maybe the, the biggest weekend of playoff football. I know people get really excited about the wild card round, but yeah. I think the divisional round is really when the playoffs start. That's really when we get to see the best teams in all of the NFL. Yeah, I related to March Madness at this stage, and initially i think it's really exciting those first few days when there's just non-stop games of the 64 but you really start to get the better games when you get down to the sweet 16 and there's still like a digestible amount of games but you know that these are among the best 16 teams in the country yeah you'll get your one or two cinderellas that's the tampa bay bucks right <laughs> in this uh, uh example here but uh i these are the best eight teams are among the best eight teams in the NFL. So typically this gives you four solid football games. And uh, yeah, I consider it for sure. One of the best uh, weekends, if not the best of the year, uh, because next week, you know, you're down to four, but you only get two games. These are four really, really good football games. So it should be exciting. Yeah. I am juiced for division around weekend. And then we get to cap off the entire weekend with the Kansas city chiefs and the Buffalo bills. And yeah. Yeah, we, we've been talking about this all week long. Um, you know, I don't know if this game is going to live up to the hype of their divisional round matchup a few years ago. Like, I don't know if you could replicate that insane game. Just one of the absolute craziest football games that I have ever seen. And yeah. it still kind of feels like they could do that because when it when we're in the playoffs, when it's Patrick Mahomes, when it's Josh Allen, when you have these two guys who are capable uh, more so than any other players in the NFL of just creating explosive plays and, and being dynamic and just being uh, uh, above 
everyone else in, in terms of just like on field play and dynamic out of the pocket playmaking and things like that. Like it, it does feel like we're in for another epic game, uh, especially with everything that's on the line in this one. Yeah. I, I mean, it, you never can predict these types of things because you think it's going to be one thing going in and then it turns out to be completely another. I tend to think the quality of game as far as back and forth is going to be strong, where I think it'll be different from the one game that you were referencing in the playoffs. Is I don't think there's a ton of points to be found in this game. The Chiefs defense is among the best in the league. We know that uh, Josh Allen and the, the Bills have kind of turned it on here, but I think they're going to be able to get stops. And then when you look at the Chiefs offense, I, I think, yeah, you probably feel as good as you have all year about it because I think they know what they have to do, but they're not. Uh, in a scenario anymore where they're going to put themselves in precarious situations to go for it on fourth down, that type of thing. Uh, they're willing to punt the ball. And we saw the Chiefs Chiefs offense last week against a, an injury-ridden Dolphins defense settle for field goals four of the six trips into the red zone. So, you know, I think the Bills defense is going to be able to stop the Chiefs a bunch. And I just, if I'm trying to make a bold prediction about this game, like if, in the terms of betting, I don't know if I'm choosing either team, but I really like the under. I think that this is a grinded out, maybe a more defensive football game that we've seen from these two teams in the past. Yeah, and we'll get into the injury report. We'll uh, highlight everything that you should be paying attention to as we wait for final injury reports today and uh, and ho hopefully get some injury designations uh, ahead of this contest. But the Chiefs are relatively healthy. Several players to watch on the Bill side. I also want to remind you guys, if you're in the comments section, Drop some comments, questions, observations, anything you want us to know, and we'll try to get to them before we get out of here this morning. Yeah. But, um, you know, you talk about, like, points are going to be hard to come by in this game. And I tend to agree with you in, you know, settling for field goals in the red zone. And I think we saw Patrick yeah. Mahomes really in the last uh, few weeks kind of take this more okay I don't I don't have to be the guy that's just right. putting the team on my back and, and going out there and make plays because we've seen that this offense right now uh it, that's how they wind up turning the football over and that's one thing that the Buffalo Bills defense for all the injuries that they have right now all the injuries they've had all season long they've been really good at forcing turnovers all season long and the Chiefs turned the football over in their regular season matchup there was a couple of critical turnovers for the Chiefs that really you can make the argument totally cost them that game. Like it, it was a totally winnable football game for the Kansas city chiefs. If it wasn't for some crucial mistakes. And I, I'm just, you know, a, as we go into this one, as we know, the Buffalo bills are going to try to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes and, and get after him. And they're going to try to force some turnovers. Like that's the biggest thing in this game for me is like, I think the chiefs have the edge on defense. Mm -hmm. I, I think they can give the bills a lot of problems offensively, but it's just a matter of, can they capitalize on some of the red zone issues, get in there, get seven instead of three? And can they just not turn the football over on the road in the playoffs? Well, that's the concern. I think if you're a Kansas city chiefs fan, if the bill come out and, and show up the defense and you know, you know what I think too uh, is a, is a fellow game in the AFC. We thought that Houston would play the Cleveland Browns and Cleveland would look like the defense they had all year against a rookie quarterback. And then suddenly it's the playoffs and things start to happen. And I think what you don't want, if you're a chiefs fan heading into this game is Buffalo to be able to score touchdowns in the first two drives. Uh, and, you know, then maybe, you know, knowing the chiefs offense, maybe you get a touchdown, maybe you stall and suddenly 14, seven and they're in control. Uh, and so, 
We'll see. I I think the key matchup here, uh, honestly, is off the field in a way. I think it's McDermott versus Spagnolo. Now, I think whoever confuses the other quarterback and um, you know, is able to disarm him, in a sense, is going to have the most success. And a bonus of that, of course, is the turnover. I, I feel pretty comfortable in saying this. Whoever wins the turnover battle, uh, you know, whether it be two one, two nothing, you know, three two, so is going to win the game. I mean, I think these teams are that close. Um, their flaws are kind of um, uh, on par with each other. Uh, still, two teams capable of winning the Super Bowl because I think the rest of the field is not as great as it's been in in previous seasons. But I, I think it's close. I think it's close, and so those little things are going to be uh, even more magnified than the, maybe they have been in in previous matchups. And you mentioned Steve Spagnolo, and uh, I, I totally agree with you. I think um, you know Bills head coach Sean McDermott is uh, a great defensive mind head coach, and, and I think that he deserves a lot of the credit for their defensive turnaround because midseason that defense yeah. was dealing with a lot of injuries, and they were kind of falling apart. And they've really settled down and, and become kind of the defensive unit that I think everybody expected in Buffalo over the back half of the season, but. We, we talk about Chiefs turnovers and we should really also mention Bill's turnovers because yeah. Josh Allen has turned the football over a ton this season. And we've mm-hmm. seen them over the back half of the season really lean into their running game, lean into their ni- dynamic running back in, in James Cook. And I think some of that was to try to mitigate their turnover issues. But yeah. it, in this game, in, in the profile of this entire contest and like the, the narrative around it, that's going to be like this legacy defining game in a lot of ways for Josh Allen, because Patrick Mahomes legacy is already defined. Yeah. He can only just increase it through with another win here. Um, it's going to be really important for uh, what Steve Spagnuolo brings to the table on Sunday. And I, I think we already got a glimpse of it against the Miami Dolphins. Like we were talking about it for weeks. This defense was getting off to really slow starts for the last like six games or so. And you're kind of like, man, is that is that something like their offense is starting to figure them out? Or is this a hey, we're just we're just trying to run what we run right now because we're going to have some things in our bag for the postseason. And it kind of felt like we got a glimpse of that against the Dolphins. I'm hoping we get that this weekend from Steve Spagnolo because I think it is critical for this Chiefs defense where there's one thing that you can point to that they have not been elite at this season, and that's forcing turnovers. They've been elite virtually everywhere else. For most right. of the season on the defensive side of the ball, they just haven't forced a lot of turnovers. And if they can do that, that can be the difference in Sunday's matchup. It's the one stat that's really hard to predict, but I think when you bring it up, it is important because as great as Josh Allen can be, he can be that amount of bad, right? Like there's a high variance, very, very high variance of like for out. Like I think Patrick Mahomes, when he plays, generally speaking, he's either going to be okay or a beast. Josh Allen can go from one of the top five quarterbacks in the league to one of the top or one of the bottom five worst quarterbacks in the league. And what exasperates that point, if you've seen in games, is when you can get an early turnover, uh, when you get him to make a mistake, uh, take a chance that he shouldn't, and you punish him for it. Because he can be susceptible into, you know, you can kind of see it as as these nightmare Bills games go on where he kind of unravels a little bit. I don't know how much of an unraveling there is for Patrick Mahomes. I know the critics, uh, if there's any Bengals fans watching, will quickly point to that one single game of where, you know, there was a complete unraveling in uh, the second half and then an overtime. Okay, one game in a you know six-year career. I think generally speaking, you can at least get uh, an okay outing from Patrick Mahomes. Allen, um, like I said, 
he can tailspin a bit. And so I think it becomes even more important for the Chiefs defense to find a way. Mike Edwards has been a blessing, right? Like if you can't if you can't make turnovers by the, your homegrown talent, you you buy them and it's paid off uh, for the Chiefs with Edwards and being able to have uh, turnovers here. Um, I think they're slowly but surely getting better at it, but someone's got to have to find a way to get the ball on the ground or certainly uh, pick Josh Allen off. Yeah, it, it's very rare that you sign two kind of low-level veteran players like Mike Edwards and Drew Tranquil, and they have yeah. the kind of impact that they've had for the Kansas City Chiefs this season. They've been tremendous off-season well, signings. Charles Amenahu has been a tremendous off-season signing. That, the defense that was a free agents were great, at least. Yeah, that and that was a point, and I don't, you know, it was talked about yesterday. Um, I know that a uh, friend of the site, Vahe Gregorian of the Kansas City Star, has kind of been asking those questions. I'm sure he's doing a great column for this weekend's game on it, uh, just about those free agents that they brought in. And Steve Spagnolo pointed out that it's very rare for you to have such success in the free agency market and to do so at every single level. So you mentioned Omenahue, you mentioned uh, Drew Tranquil, and then certainly um, Mike Edwards. We just spoke about to have that impact in the free agency market uh, is extremely rare. And I think what is less talked about uh, about this is uh, let's not forget here. And this has been a problem. The chiefs have been, you know, very much up against the cap. And so, you know, when offensive moves have popped up, where are they going to trade for a receiver? Should they have signed a receiver? That type of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that would have helped, but like every, plus addition that you add to a team also means that like you have to take something away. So maybe you, Steve, you, maybe you do get um, DeAndre Hopkins, right? And you know, maybe the offense is taking a little better. Does that suddenly mean you don't have Charles and Drew Tranquil and, yeah. and Mike Edwards? I don't think anyone when they're complaining about the offense really thinks about like, no, there's still a limit of the amount of money you can spend. And there's a trade-off there. And so I think that's important. An important part of that, storyline to remember too is like they built up the defense like very intentionally um probably expected better things you know i think they wouldn't lie about this for, you know from from a donovan smith and certainly they they probably have hoped that the Jawan taylor signing worked out a little bit better you know to start here i, I think that story still being written but um you know you sign a wide receiver that could mean three defensive pieces that have been the key to your success here um may not be here yeah i was talking to Rocky Magana, our wonderful contributor at Arrowhead Pride. A lot of personality. I'm a big and, personality guy at Iraq. And my co-host on the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. And he straight up said, this is the best defense I've ever seen for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't disagree with him. Like, I can't remember. They've had good defenses over the years. Don't get me wrong. Like, they've had some really good defen defenses that have helped them win a lot of football games. But this yeah. is the first time that I was ever like, yeah, but you could really make the case that they're the best defense in the NFL. And I know the Ravens were great and the Browns were great this season. And there's a lot of good defenses across the league. But somehow the Chiefs defense has still been an underrated part of their team this season. And right. I guess it's because of Patrick Mahomes and the offense and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and all of that. But the defense is the reason that they're going to win a championship this year. If they could get past Buffalo and they could somehow make it to a Super Bowl it's going to be because of that side of the ball. And, well, and I don't and, think and, it's really that close. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think about this too, and I, I've mentioned it um, in the past of just like where in history you can point to where you can win a Super Bowl defense first. And I had mentioned the 2000 Ravens, 02 Bucks, 03 Pats, 08 Steelers, 15 Broncos. If you look at the, the points 
per game and and you know trying to define okay what was their offense like it was all 16 or lower you know i think on a scoring um from a scoring perspective the chiefs are the, the middle of the pack they're actually better suited than all of those championship teams were you know with the elite defense uh and i actually think they they finished 15th for the whole year but they played a lot better toward the end of the season and so you're probably looking around 10 so there's a history too that you could point to where it's like okay you know maybe this isn't the chiefs that are scoring 30 35 points a game but maybe 21 24 uh can be enough i I think that's what's hidden in this game. I mentioned the under before. Like, I wouldn't be, it'd be a little surprising, but I wouldn't be completely flabbergasted, stunned if somehow, you know, what are recently, recent history would tell you these big time offenses, the Chiefs and the Bills, where you end up with a 17 14 score. You know, I, 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 I feel, you know, you think about the cold weather, you think about a snowy Buffalo, you think about how that crowd's going to be rocking. I just, I, I don't think that's out of the cards. Um, I, what was the last game? 20 to 17. So 17, 14 would not I'd be out of the realm of possibility. And that, and that's, what's funny about this. Like, I think there are fans who are still not thrilled with how the offense looks. You might not be thrilled with how the offense looks all the way to a Super Bowl championship, right? Like that is the, uh, that's the fortunate, I guess, reality. Like, the offense may not look good this entire time. Doesn't mean the Chiefs can't win. Yeah. I mean, at this point, if you haven't accepted what the Chiefs' offense is, uh, so I don't know what Steve, we're doing. Look, here. Steve, we know you accepted it a long time. We get it. You were early adopter of the Chiefs' offense. Stinks. Uh, I'm happy. I'm trying to put uh, the the glass half full uh, spin on this a little bit, where you can. It just has to be okay. I mean, that's what I'm saying here. You know, yeah. if you have an elite defense, it just has to be okay. Yeah, it's it's exactly everything that we've been talking about. It's Rice, it's Pacheco, it's Kelsey, and just a little sprinkle on top of everybody else. And that that's it. The Justin Watson doesn't need eight targets in a game. Justin Watson mm-hmm. needs like three targets. And that's the perfect recipe for the Chiefs to find success on offense. I want to get to a couple of comments before uh, we kind of turn the page to the injury report and everything. And this first one's from Tony. Hey, Pete, it's Tony from Montreal. You know, you're my favorite covering the Chiefs. Just giving you a, a compliment, Sween. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, so uh, we did a, a draft the other day on Dot show on 610 Sports Radio, the drive of the worst the worst sports cities to possibly live in. My man Tony sent me an email. Didn't like Otto being on there. He's from, from Chiefs fan in Canada, always buys all the merch. <laughs> he wanted to make sure that we all knew that Ottawa is the capital of Canada and it is a fine place to live. So uh steve maybe an off-season trip for me and you to uh ottawa ontario Uh, i've never been there but uh i would love to go and i will definitely keep that in mind yeah uh from charlie i think andy Reid has been holding some things back for the playoffs and we'll see some wrinkles to manufacture points this week yeah i i think there's always some truth to that and for all of these nfl head coaches like they'll never admit it and they get asked about it all the time and they're just like no we just game plan and this is what we we install for this particular matchup after we watch film and try to find things that we can work to our advantage and whatever but we know there is some truth to that whether they will admit it or not and i think that's one of the biggest things here uh, what charlie brings up is like what Andy Reid has dialed up for the red zone packages to try to find some success this week. And I'm just curious to see how the bills try to attack the chiefs offense. Like I still don't believe that we're really at a point where they're going to say, 
Richie Rice is the number one option, so we're going to draw all of our attention to him and leave Travis Kelsey open. I still think opposing defenses are saying we got to shut down Travis Kelsey and try to make everybody else beat us. So I'm curious to see how the Chiefs attack that this weekend and if there is some wrinkles to try to try to help them get over the hump and actually yeah. get into the end zone instead of settling for field goals. I think the answer to that is yes and no. And I think sometimes you see something that you haven't seen all year in the postseason. Uh, maybe that's much more of the opposing defense. Like you'd only use it against the Bills defense because they're weak in certain areas. That's what I think is is hidden in what makes Andy Reid so good. I mean, he spotlights, you know, where do you guys suck uh, as far as uh, defensively? And I'm going to attack that. And, you know, maybe a play that you would see here wouldn't have worked against any other team that had that particular deficiency. And so then your mind tells you, well, oh, they were saving this for the play might've just been saving it for the bills. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so then it, it, it kind of gets lost in that, but you're right. I mean, I, I think there are certain things that um, you say for certain moments. We've seen it in, uh, in the Super Bowl with uh, Eric B play, right. Uh, the, where they switched, I forget what that was called Rose bowl and uh, wasp, you know, legendary uh, play at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't disagree, but I think sometimes we, we just think, Hey, they're saving it up when it's more for saving it for the opponent. Yeah, I think it's a lot more, too, about the ebbs and flows of the season. Like, they're going to dive into the film, and they're going to try to find, like, recent tendencies of this Bills defense. It doesn't mean that they're not going way back to try to find some other things, because the philosophies don't change. But there are different tendencies that teams can build up over the course of a season, and then you try to find ways to exploit that. They'll surprise you, though, sometimes. Like, they'll just whip something out. And they're like, yeah, we've been working on this for 10 weeks. And it's like, well, where do you find it? Oh, well, Matt Nagy was looking at Harvard Yale film from the yeah. 1920s. And there were four running backs on the. It's like, what are you guys? What? what? How do you have time to do this? I don't, have, I don't have time for that. A lot yeah. of time spent in that building. Yeah. Yeah. I I just assume that during the offseason, Andy Reid is doing nothing but watching like black and white football games uh, from the 1940s to find. Well, where was it? Where It wasn't it wasn't during the year when we came up with like, remember that Brett Veach kind of said the thing about the Pat plays. So Andy Reid just like writes plays on an on index cards all year. And by the time he gets to training camp, it's like, I'm glad yeah. that we're visual right now. If you're listening, if you're listening, to this, I'm holding my hands. <laughs> up like very thick uh pile of, of index cards and he saves those and then installs them in training camp and breaks them out in the postseason steve yeah so hopefully we see some cool things from andy Reed. i'm sure we'll see some good things on uh sunday evening but turning to the injury report um only chief that did not practice on thursday is defensive tackle Derek naughty who's still dealing with the tricep injury he suffered last week so that's something to monitor. Uh, Wanye Morris was a limited participant in practice after being a full participant on Wednesday, trying to work his way back from that concussion protocol. Uh, Kadarius Tony was limited again. Justin Ross was limited and Legarius Sneed was limited. Sky Moore also limited as he tries to make his way back from injured reserve. But I, I think the only players that I, I'm really questionable on are Ross, Tony, Morris, and Nadi. Everybody else I, I expect to be to go and be healthy though. I don't know if the chiefs are going to activate sky more this week. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems to me like you're as full strength as you could possibly be. Naughty is, you know, a, a decent sized loss, but not to the point where it's going to impact the result of the game. I think, 
And that's just how I feel. I think even if Wanya Morris was completely healthy, I think it'd be Donovan Smith playing. And, you know, what are you looking at from the other guys, Tony and Ross, uh, you know, five to 10 plays. Um, so if one of them can go, that that's good. I don't, I don't think you're necessarily making an extreme game plan around these guys. I think they'll have designed plays potentially for them. Ross more so in the red zone and Tony more so looks where, where this wide receiver doesn't have to catch the ball, like maybe in the backfield where they, you know, swing Tony around into like one of those returner looks. I think that's what you're looking at in these guys, but the chiefs are way more healthy uh, than the, than the bills are entering this game. Yeah. At this point, I, I think Kadarius Tony, if he is going to be active and be on the field, I kind of want him to just be the returner. I don't really want him involved in the offense as a pass catcher. And I think we saw last week that they trust McCole Hardman. They're going to give McCole Hardman some opportunities, even if it, it can be frustrating as at times. Like I, I think those deep shots that they took last week to McCole Hardman, I think there's something to read into that. And I think we're going to see a, a couple more of those this week. And hopefully the Chiefs just find well, a way to connect on one of those. Finally, got, because it feels like I'm they haven't bring, connected on one all season. I'm going to bring up something very unpopular here. Very, very unpopular. But. Is Marquez Valdez Scantling better suited for those deep shots? Like, at least he's getting his hands on the ball. McCole Hardman is nowhere in the vicinity of the ball. You know what I mean? And the Marquez, great AFC title game last year. Let's Marquez Valdez Scantling had one had a great third down catch last week. He caught the ball, and all I'm saying is they're about the same speed. Marquez is a bigger target. I understand everyone likes McCole because he's new again and went to the Jets. He's a new man. He's the same guy. Um, and at least, at least with Marquez, he's touching the football on these deep shots. I, I think they're on the verge of hitting one of these. Uh, I just wonder who it's going to be. Uh, Rashi, you know, a couple weeks ago had one, but that was more of a, a lapse in coverage that he kind of adjusted on the fly. This Rashi development, um, you know, we talked about it. We talk about it a lot, but had they not miraculously hit in the second round on this particular wide receiver, we wouldn't maybe be here so that i mean it's yeah. just a huge part of of what the chiefs do but uh, yeah i just wonder about that i mean i know it's like i said i know that's going to be a highly unpopular take but i wonder if marquez is better suited for it, a deep chance than because once in a while he does catch it and, and he has a 70 yard touchdown um you I know just, how many how many of those does mccall have mccall is more so to me you know you get it to him fast and he makes his own way and i just feel like Last week, I think that he had three deep looks or at least two of them. Um, and he was right there on both of them. Like, like he he had it. Patrick Mahomes put it in the perfect spot. One of them he got held on, but like he one just of them gave I, up. He just gave I, up on the route as he was. I'm thinking held. of the right player. One of them he should have died or, or yes, dove, right? Yes. Like can he should have. Can we lay out Nicole, please? Like, yeah. So I mean, I I think Marquez would dive. I think he would. It's, I'm trying yeah, to give him the benefit probably, of the doubt. I mean, look, wouldn't catch it. So. Marquez, Marquez uh, has a, at most three Chiefs games left. So you might as well, um, you know, get as much out of him as you can. Moving over to the Buffalo Bills side. So I want to talk about the, the Chiefs deep pass the game. Marquez and- Valdez-Scantling versus McCole Hardman is like a conversation you like wish you just didn't have to have. <laughs> Yeah, there's no no good answer to that. You know, it's like uh, turning that page this off. Should we should should we should we have this old tuna fish or just go hungry tonight? (laughs) For the Buffalo Bills, uh, several key players to watch on their injury report as we get uh, official designations on Friday afternoon ahead of the game. Uh, 
Wide receiver Gabe Davis seems legitimately in doubt for this game. He did not play in the wild card round, has not practiced all week this week. Stefan Diggs didn't practice on Thursday, but that's just more of a rest thing. I don't think he's in danger of missing this contest by any means. Linebacker Terrell Bernard could be in serious jeopardy. He has not practiced all week with an ankle injury. I believe he was carted off the field last week. So that's something to watch. Um, They're saying two weeks on Bernard. So I don't think he's, I don't think he's playing in this one. Yeah. So it sounds like he's not going to be available. That's a big loss for the Buffalo bills. Over, when we talk about like attacking the middle of the field. Um, so that's something to watch. Uh, cornerback Christian Benford did not practice all week with a knee injury. Seems like he's probably not going to be able to go. Same with safety Taylor Rapp. And then Rasul Douglas was limited again, but he's already said he's playing. So expect him to be up. And then cornerback Taron Johnson is in the concussion protocol. He's been limited all week. Still has yet to officially clear. So that's something to keep an eye on. Then punter Sam Martin did return to practice in a limited capacity on Thursday. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. They signed another punter off the street this week. So that's another thing to watch. The Bills, lots of injuries on that side of the ball. So lots of things to keep an eye on on Friday as well as ahead of the game on Sunday once we get the official game uh, inactive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think the bottom line is the Chiefs are a little bit healthier, uh, which is a good thing, you know, when you're traveling uh, on the road. I think the margin is, is small and, and it will be the rest of the way. You know, even if you were to miraculously get the Texans in your building next week, I think they're they're quietly a good football team as well. You got to play clean ball if you want to lift the Lombardi and and uh you know I think having a a full team or as full as possible. I mean I know that there's you know there are players lost like Brian Cook, but I, you know as healthy as you could possibly be right now is a is a very good thing for their chances. Yeah, I think you you can beat the Buffalo Bills over the middle of the field uh especially with their secondary injuries, with their linebacker injuries and I, I think that's where the Chiefs are going to attack them on Sunday evening. So uh, definitely a lot of question marks on the injury report to keep an eye on. But uh, we'll have everything you need to know at arrowheadpride.com. So make sure you stay locked in there. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. You can follow Pete on Twitter at PG Sween. I'm Stephen Sir. It's where you can find me. Uh, we'll have a fresh edition of Kingdom Keys coming out tomorrow afternoon uh, ahead of the first divisional round playoff games on, yep. on Saturday afternoon. Uh, we got a fresh episode of show and BK up for you right now on the Arrowhead pride podcast network. So I encourage you to go check that out. We will have everything you need to know ahead of this massive matchup uh, between the chiefs and the bills on Sunday. Evening. We'll talk to you guys. Later. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas. Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot 
because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze, and now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.